0: You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa, TUGHD2 Northport, and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A Townsquare Media station. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst. Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: I think I'm gonna put this bottle down I guess as time goes on I'll grow to miss it less than I will now
2: Once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Rick Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa I've told you, you need to go ahead and make this happen for that little one, that special little one. And also, look, if you're a grown, grown adult, grown up, you're welcome to at those summer camps, summer chocolate camps at Peterbrook Chocolate Chocolatier. Give them a call right now, 205 752 They'll get you signed up for chocolate camp. Man, I would have liked camps a whole lot better as a youngin' if I had had access to Peter Brook chocolatier summer camps. Joined on the program by the sultan of smokescreen, Mr. Jacob Harrison. And together, we combined to form the 60-minute Boom of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob Harrison, a happy man on this Friday morning. As he projected, as a lot of folks projected, and as he had hoped for, Najee Harris, now a Pittsburgh Steeler after last night's opening round of the 2021 NFL Draft. And Jacob, that smokescreen. It wasn't Justin Fields at three, but it wasn't Mac Jones either. You weren't buying Mac Jones at three. It turned out to be Trey Lance from North Dakota State. So, yes, I don't know if you get to take the full victory lap, but you dang sure get to take at least a half trip around the track, don't you?
3: Yeah, I, I am moving a little bit quicker around the track. You know, I'm not soaking it completely <laughs> in, but the number one thing that I was looking for there was that it wasn't Mac Jones, uh, and and like Sark, Sark said on Scott Van Pelt after the draft that that's who they were looking at the whole time. I don't know whether or not to believe him on that, but that that was the gut feeling I had to begin with anyway. But hey, it, it, I could have been very wrong on that and just been happy that Najee Harris is a Pittsburgh Steeler.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. A record tying six Alabama Crimson Tiders in last night's opening round. Much of that coming in the first 17 picks, although you had to wait a little bit longer than you thought you might. Mack didn't go in that three spot to the Niners, so it was a little bit later, although the pick of Jalen Waddle to the Miami Dolphins. You had to like that one. And I know, Jacob, looking at your mock you had a lot of Alabama players going to places where maybe they didn't necessarily go, but other Alabama players ended up in those spots. Didn't you like Barmore there to the Raiders and it ended up being a Leatherwood? You had, you had Alabama with the right teams. It seemed like in, in more than a few instances, just different guys ended up in those spots.
3: Well, I I had Barmore with the, uh, the Patriots. I didn't think they were going to get the quarterback, Uh, but they did stay put at 15. I, I, I felt, you know with the the lack of trades it was going to make things a uh, a little interesting and then you know the NFC East just tries to bully itself and then the the Vikings trade back too and those guys got some good value out of that but uh i mean I, you know the mock draft kind of goes out the window after the first 5 or 6 picks anyway i was just happy to you know be able to be fluid in the moment on our show last night and have fun with that and 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 provide good analysis on that and have a good idea of what was going on
2: yeah, you guys had, uh, it was like the Hollywood Squares edition of draft coverage on Title Talk last night. Full house. Had a big crowd, and uh, by all accounts, a very nice job by Jacob and the crew last night here on Tide 100.9 FM. We got a lot to get into on this Friday edition of the program, and you're more than welcome to join us at 205 342. What is, let's see, 205 342 9904. I was getting all my phone numbers mixed up there again for a minute, Jacob. Senior moment on a Friday. Hey, okay, it happens but, to the best uh, of us. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to give you sort of a Peter Brook tied 100.9 <laughs> hybrid number. It'd be interesting to maybe combine those two and see who picks up the phone, maybe have them on the air, you know, see how that works out. But we have plenty of time for you on the program. We will be joined by Charlie Potter of BamaOnline.com coming up in just a little bit. We'll check in with Pops. Pops, I think, pretty excited. You know, as a Jaguars fan, I don't know. I guess I'm a borderline fanboy at this point. I've always sort of steered clear of that. Just don't like that sort of perception and what we do professionally. You can't fanboy. You just can't. But uh, the Jags, if ever I was going to fanboy, it'd probably be the Jags right now. I'm sort of caught up in it. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that I didn't buy Jags season tickets last night. I'm not going to tell you I didn't, because that might be a lie. I will tell you that the oldest, our only son, is very much all jagged up, and you can certainly expect to see him in attendance on the banks of the St. John's River this fall with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, and then the Jags go all Clemson in the first round with Travis Etienne, the Clemson running back. Now, that was a little bit of a head-scratcher for me when you look at the first-round picks from last night simply because... You know, part of the one silver linings to come from the 2020 season was that James Robinson, an undrafted free agent, rushed for over 1,000 yards for the Jaguars, so you go running back in the first round in the very next draft. Now, look, Urban, like a lot of football coaches, he loves him some speed, and you're definitely going to get that. Robinson, not the home run guy that Travis ATN is. I think in ATN Urban sees kind of a Percy Harvin type that he might be able to use in some different ways, not just as a traditional running back. So maybe, maybe that's the plan. And by the way, Jacob Harrison, what had we been talking about? Maybe wasn't it like two months ago we talked about Tim Tebow to the Jags? I think it was, it was February. I think we started telling you people laughed. People thought we were kidding. Tim Tebow to the Jags.
3: Hey, and I gave you a hard time too. I mean, you, you got this one in the bag.
2: Yeah, I mean, and then you hear from Shefty yesterday afternoon, oh, by the way, Tim Tebow has worked out for the Jags. Well, yeah, and Urban Meyer bought a house three houses down from Timma over there out towards the beach area of Jacksonville, Florida. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we told you in February, be on the lookout for Tim Tebow and the Jags. So a lot of draft talk, as you might expect. Still some Alabama guys Maybe a little bit of a surprise that Christian Barmore didn't go in the first round. But we talked about this with Chase Goodbread of NFL.com yesterday. Wide array of opinions on Christian Barmore. And for me, anyway, a few too many gaps in the resume to be a for sure first rounder. But you got to think this evening, Christian Barmore, here's his name called. Lane and Dickerson you would certainly expect maybe Dylan Moses so some guys to keep an eye on as we move into day 2 of the NFL draft 2053429904 speaking of Jacksonville Florida how about Mac Jones to the Patriots Mac Jones to the Pats it worked out just fine for Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels didn't it they sit pat there all the talk yesterday about this time yesterday all the Saints are going to move up into the top 10 Watch out for the Pats making a move up into the top 10 to maybe go get Mac Jones. And what does Bill Belichick do? He just sits right there, sits right there at 15 and gets his guy anyway. It was interesting to hear from Belichick post-draft or post-first round in that he immediately said Cam Newton's our guy, at least going into camp and going into the season. And then we'll see what happens. Mac, part of a sort of Auburn sandwich, Auburn, Alabama, Iron Bowl sub Iron Bowl Panini up there in New England now. He's got Jared Stidham on one side and he's got Cam on the other. He's all albed up. Mac Jones. So we'll see how his development sort of unfolds for us up there in New England. But Mac Jones, you talk about from high school to college to the NFL. Mac Jones played for a ten time state champion coach at the Bowl School in Corky Rogers. Over four hundred wins. Most winningest high school coach in state of Florida history, the late Corky Rogers. Then he goes to Alabama and plays for the man, Nick Saban, and now he goes to the NFL and plays for the GOAT in the National Football League, Bill Belichick. If you want to have a discussion about guys who have played for the best trio of head coaches going from high school to college to the NFL, well, just drop the mic with Mac because between Cork, between Nick, and between the hoodie, there's no argument. That's the best three that a player has ever worked through going from high school to the National Football League. Let's go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line right now at 205-342-9904 and check in with our good pal, Corey, on a Friday morning. Corey, how are you doing?
4: I'm doing good, Travis. How about you?
2: I am. Uh, I'm recovering. You know, they keep you up late for that first round. It's like the Jags said last night. Urban Meyer said, look, we were ready to run the pick up with Trevor Lawrence, but the NFL made them wait to the two-minute mark, you know, so they can get all the the content providers, the rights holders, they can get them satisfied, get in the commercials. They keep you up late for that first round. But I'm hanging in there, Corey. How are
4: you? I'm doing great. I know we really wanted to see Alabama break the record promotion for most first round draft picks, but... I know like you said, Christian Barbour was a fringe first round draft pick, so I guess it's good to tie, but um I think I think every player that Alabama went to was a really good fit. Uh I had no problem with where they went to. Uh a lot of reuniting with former Alabama players yeah. and uh you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't go wrong. But let me ask you this, uh Switching sports here for just a second here. Uh, what do you think about this Alabama Georgia series this weekend? Uh, anything stick out to you about it?
2: Well, you know, I, I think that uh, I think for Alabama the the question remains and player availability. You know, for for a lot of this, and uh, you know, you start with the pitching staff, and as we've talked about, it's nice to have that sort of undisputed ace within the Southeastern Conference as a whole right now in Montana Fouts. But, you know, can you get something more out of Lexi Kilfoyle after we saw her offensively last weekend against Louisiana? And can you continue to hopefully build confidence in the bottom of that order? Talked about that coming out of that uh, series sweep of two games of the Raging Cajuns that between Woodard and uh, Clark and some of those players towards the bottom, Maddie Morgan, once you get beyond Tal and Hempful, really need them to continue to produce at least on a adequate level. You just can't have them going through weekends wearing collars and not picking up runs or at least giving you productive outs at the plate. So uh, those are some of the things I'll have my eye on. You know, George is a top 25 team. Uh, you go on the road. Uh, it's good that we're going to have that game, I guess, tomorrow. You're going to be able to get it on ESPN2, uh, that noon first pitch tomorrow over there in Athens. So what about you? What are your sort of expectations going into the weekend over there?
4: Well, you got to be able to keep the ball in the park. Uh, Athens is a very hitting-friendly park. And uh, as good as Montana about to, you can't leave the ball over the plate. And that's for anybody, but especially Georgia – he can hit the long ball very well. And uh George is kind of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, where for as good as their offense is, their defense is not good, where they've committed over 50 uh-huh. errors. And uh with Alexis Mack and Alyssa Brown on the base pads, speed kills. And I think if we can create havoc on the base paths, that'll force them to make mistakes. And if Hemphill, Tao, and others can knock them in, and, and science as well. I think, uh, I think we can score some runs. And I think tonight's game is going to be the key thing. If we're either going to get a series win or possibly a sweep, tonight's game is going to be the key because you're either going to see the Mary Wilson event you saw versus Oklahoma that beat them, or you're going to see the Mary Wilson event that struggles some that, that doesn't pitch well. So, because Georgia doesn't have very much pitching behind Mary Wilson a mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. But tonight's game is going to be the key. wanted to see how it starts off.
2: Well, I think you touched on it with the speed Alabama has on the base pass uh, and the pressure that they can put on opposing defenses with Mack and Alyssa Brown and KB Sides, when she's healthy anyway, are completely healthy. Uh, but you got to figure out a way to make Georgia have to pitch the hempful and towel in the middle of that lineup, and so the couple of hitters in front of them in that lineup, obviously, you want to get them on base, but you need you need five, six, seven, eight, nine uh, to continue to show some positive signs like we've seen here of late. Well, Corey, enjoy the weekend, my man. We always enjoy hearing from you here on the program.
4: Yeah, hopefully we can get some more draft picks tonight, and uh, and uh, let's see where these other Alabama players go because uh, I know this makes Nick Saban happy and uh, looking to see what happens the rest of the way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It ought to be a lot of fun. Thanks, Corey.
4: Good talk to you, Trevor. There From he goes.
2: Corey checking in on a Friday. He's fired up. You got Alabama softball over in Athens, Georgia, Dede, this weekend. You got Alabama baseball, of course. Hosting the Missouri Tigers at the Joe, three more big SEC games, especially, again, when you look at the three regular season series that are going to take Alabama, hopefully, back to Hoover for the first time in quite some time. Need to take care of business against Missouri this weekend because it's Vanderbilt on the road, it's LSU on the road, and it's Mississippi State in Tuscaloosa these next three Weekends. We're going to step aside to a break and we come back. Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com, he'll join us on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier right after this.
5: From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood, treated right. Hello again everybody, I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama welcomes the Missouri Tigers in baseball to Sewell Thomas Stadium this weekend for a three-game series. The two teams are scheduled for a 6 p.m. Central start on Friday, followed by a 2 p.m. first pitch on Saturday. The series wraps up on Sunday with an 11 a.m. start. All games will be carried here on the radio network a reminder to fans the university's annual spring commencement ceremonies will be taking place friday through sunday fans are encouraged to park in the capstone parking deck adjacent to Sewell thomas stadium there will be no charge to use the capstone deck All fans with ADA hashtags can continue to use the Bryant Drive lot, while access to the main Coleman Coliseum D lot will be restricted to only those with designated parking passes or game day staff. I'll have more in a moment. Everwood Treatment Company is wood treated right. Everwood is the most technologically
0: advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local
5: Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com. Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Thank you for listening all year long to Crimson Tide Today. This is our final show of the 2020 to 2021 school year, but we will return in mid-August as we gear up for the 2021 Alabama football season. For the latest news on Alabama athletics, head to RollTide.com and be sure to follow us on Twitter at UA underscore CTSN and like us on Facebook. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine this
0: afternoon, Tuscaloosa's high 79, clear tonight with the low at 53. Tomorrow is sunny Saturday to start the weekend, the high 81. Sunday, clouds move in, a good chance of showers and thunderstorms by afternoon, the high at 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 For more coverage of Alabama football Visit us at Tide100.9.com Or download the free Tide 100.9 app The Crimson Tide!
2: after last night's opening round of the 2021 NFL Draft. Well, Jalen and Tua back together down there in Miami. Jalen and Devontae up there in Philadelphia. Jalen hit uh, Devontae on that big slant pass to beat Mississippi State back in 2017 late. I remember that one sitting in the press box there at Davis Wade Stadium at, uh, in Starkville. So uh, you got some reunions. You've got Patrick Sertan II reuniting with Jerry Judy out there in Denver. You've got Alex Leatherwood in Las Vegas with Josh Jacobs and Henry Ruggs the third. What about Najee? I guess you could say Najee and Isaiah Bugs. They're in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Reunions the theme for Alabama players in round one. Let's go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line right now, check in with Lewis real quick before we get to our guy Charlie Potter. Lewis, how are you doing on this Friday morning? Doing good,
1: Travis. Hey, I want to get your input on something, and I'll try to be brief, but, you know, I remember when Landon Collins committed to Alabama, and it's kind of funny now, his mom was sitting beside him, I'm sure you remember, rolling her eyes, shaking her head, like, boy, what are you doing, you know, um, and it turned out pretty darn good for him. I think I think they, they were LSU, you know, fans or whatever, and has it changed to the point that this Nick Saban juggernaut with the draft choices, with the championships, has it come to the point where guys don't feel like, hey, I don't have to feel obligated to my state universities where I grew up, you know, we just got a commitment from Martin, Tennessee quarterback, that's one of the best in the country. And I live in Nashville. Nobody batted an eye when he put that Alabama hat on. They were just like, oh, well, you know, what? <laughs> can't blame him. I want your input on this wall these coaches say they're going to build around their state. Has Nick Faber just totally torn that thing down? It sure looks like it. Hey, have a good weekend. Love the show, Travis.
2: Thanks, Louis. Yeah, I mean, it's to the point now where – Think of it this way. Think of Alabama going into South Florida and doing the kind of damage it has done in the last decade or so on the recruiting trail back between, say, 1983 and 2000. Well, 2004, you could say, which Alabama's first-round haul from last night, of course, tied 2004 Miami for most first-round picks in a single draft. Yeah, I mean... Alabama now goes into South Florida and cherry picks cherry picks the best players from the university of Miami's backyard. And then you still have Florida in state and Florida state that you're dealing with. Are you used to have to Alabama has rendered them irrelevant in their own state in their own County in some instances. I think that speaks to it as much as anything. Let's go back to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. It's time to check in with Charlie Potter. Charlie Potter, because of that first-round activity where Alabama is concerned, the most busy first round for Charlie Potter, I'm going to guess, during his now lengthy stint with us there at BamaOnline.com. They kept you busy last night, Charlie.
6: It did, yeah. Um, I had a feeling there could be – several Alabama players drafted, obviously that's the annual tradition. Now, um, you, you had the four guys that were pretty much locks with the two wide receivers and then Patrick Sertan, the second and, and Mac Jones. And I, I, honestly going into it, thought they would get five. I thought now Harris would to be the, the fifth. And, um, he was actually the sixth off the board. Alex Leatherwood was a little bit of a surprise there at 17 to the Raiders. They, they kind of draft a little unorthodox with John Gruden and, and Mike Mayock there in Vegas now. But, um, Good to see Leatherwood come off the board nonetheless. And I thought maybe they could squeeze in a seventh, honestly, with the way it was going. You had six off the board in the first 24 picks, but it wasn't so. Um, still though, yeah, busy night. Um, you know, one that just again shows the, the recruiting prowess and development Nick Saban's uh, has in Tuscaloosa. Um, the Alabama's 2017 class is. Submitting itself even further and further into the ground is the the best recruiting class of all time now with eight first round picks so yeah I mean I think we've grown to to expect the NFL draft to be you know kind of Alabama heavy but but last night was you know a night that was even more so than normal
2: yeah you said it I think and I, I think most folks they look at this now and they just go well Saban just recruits lights out and look. You know, these aren't necessarily two stars that he's turning into first round picks. But when you look at the six from last night, you had a three star for the most part, I would say, in Mac Jones at the quarterback position. Uh Jalen Waddell, as I recall, was a high four star. I don't think he was a five. Devontae, I don't know if he was a five. Um Sertan was a five, and Leatherwood was a five. So I just, man, the, the player development part. Because look at look at the Big 12 in Georgia last night. The Big 12 didn't have a first-round pick, I don't think. And neither did the University of Georgia. And all we hear every year is, well, Georgia and Alabama, Georgia and Alabama, LSU, you know, and the SEC. But this gulf that Alabama has built between itself and especially – Teams like Georgia and LSU that recruit at such a high level—that's got to go back, doesn't it? Almost entirely to player development.
6: Yeah, I mean that's that's something you know. I know it's a debate this time of year, and I know it it feels like draft season is almost, or at least before the draft starts, kind of open season on Alabama. There's just they try to find. It seems like pundits trying to find everything wrong with an Alabama prospect and. And tear them down. And Nick Saban prepares them for that. He said it multiple times. Um, you know, they're finding they're trying to find reasons not to draft you during the process. Um, and then you know, draft night comes, and you know, it- Alabama. I think all but three years since Saban's uh, been here, at least the last decade, has had multiple first round draft picks. It's just, um, I think, yes. Alabama recruits at a high level. That's obvious, but the development side of things doesn't get mentioned as much because we come to or we get to draft night, and then you see these guys that were five-star recruits, and they end up in the first round. That's that's the goal. That's, I mean, of course, you want guys to graduate. You want them to, you know, be better people than whenever they left your program or when they got into your program. But the ultimate goal is to take these highly recruited kids and to get them into the NFL as as highly as possible in terms of their draft pick. And, yeah, I mean, you look at the six picks last night, and three of them were five stars with Najee, uh, Alex Leatherwood, and and Patrick Sertan. And then Mac Jones, I think his story is still just incredible. What he's been able to turn himself into is a top 15 pick. And, yeah, I think – I think twenty four seven sports might have had Devontae Smith as a five star, but he wasn't a composite five star. I don't think uh, Jalen Waddle was either. I think you know one of the recruiting services might have had him as a five star, but it, again, you know it goes to show these guys come in as highly recruited guys, and a lot of times, you know that that doesn't pan out in other places. But at Alabama, the guys that come in as five stars, I know Chris Summers done a good job of breaking this down in, in past years. Those five stars turn into first round draft picks, and you know, I don't know what is better selling point than that that anybody else in the country can offer
2: yeah the conversion rate with five stars to the first round as chris as you said is uh outlined for us in recent years is it, it, it's amazing the gap between what alabama does with those guys and the likes of clemson ohio state and everyone else in college football so let's talk about who's still out there from the Alabama perspective. First Alabama guy off the board tonight, Charlie, who's
6: that going to be? That's tough. Um, Yeah, I think the the two guys I think could come off the board first are Christian Barmore, who's actually there in Cleveland in the green room. So I don't know if he stuck around or not. But um, he's a guy that I I believe it was CBS Sports had him as their 26th overall player. A lot of people had him as their number one overall interior defensive lineman. And um, it's just not a deep, Draft for that, so I think guys are, um, you know, kind of kind of waiting on that, and we'll see. You know, I I don't think Barmore will have to wait very long, but I think his biggest competition for maybe first Alabama player off the board is with Landon Dickerson because Landon Dickerson's a guy that I think if he didn't injure his knee in the Florida game, he would have been the seventh first-round pick for Alabama. Um, You know, I think he tested uh, or interviewed really well with teams. That it comes as no surprise with. You know what we've seen from him from a an antic and personality standpoint I think teams loved him and would love to have him in their locker room but the the injury you know it's just um uh, it's a little concerning I think I think he's gonna bounce back from it you know fine, but the problem when he was at Florida State was injury history and now he has another um uh, you know knee surgery under his belt uh, again, I think he should be able to. Returned to his old self, but that's what's kept teams off of him. So I think the battle for first Alabama player off the board is going to be between Barmore and Dickerson. A couple other guys that might hear their name called today are guys like Deontay Brown, the offensive guard, and Dylan Moses, the linebacker. So, yeah, it's not going to be as busy as it was yesterday, but there's still plenty of guys out there uh, from an Alabama standpoint that can, you know, be round two and round three picks. And, yeah, it's, that's not necessarily a bad landing spot for some of those guys.
2: Yeah, with my Jags picking first in the second round today, I would be fine with either Dickerson or Barmore at that spot to the Jags. Uh, They could use some line of scrimmage help, probably even more so on defense than on offense. But uh, either way would work. So, Charlie, when we think about fits and landing spots for those six Alabama guys last night, uh, who came out best? Uh, obviously, the money's better the higher you go. But in terms of the chance to to really go in and you know, simultaneous, simultaneously make a huge impact and do so for a team that can compete right now, uh, who do you like the the, the fitter two best for from last night?
6: I honestly like where everybody ended up. I think they all um, ended up in in great situations. You know, the Dolphins and the uh, Eagles both need wide receiver help, and both of those guys, Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith, go and help out former Alabama quarterbacks. So the the reunions I heard you talking about that uh, before I, I jumped on here um, that that's always good to see. I mean the the Jags, heck they they reunite Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. That, that's a cool story, uh, and I think that Waddle and Smitty both those are those are good fits for them. Um, I do think that you know, we talked so much about Mac Jones and he'll potentially be the number three overall pick, but I think he landed in a great situation in New England to where, you know, he can maybe sit for a year, maybe half a year, and then take over as the guy for the Patriots. Yeah, you know, they have Cam Newton there already, Jared Siddons in town, but with them taking a, a first round quarterback, you don't see Bill Belichick and company doing that really. I don't I don't know if they've they've ever done that. And so, um, I think that's a great landing spot for him. He really fell into the Patriots lap at 15, but I think maybe more so than anybody, um, you know, with Najee Harris, you just look at the, I know mock drafts, you know, they're, they're a dime a dozen, you know, they're, nobody's ever gotten a perfect mock draft, but Najee Harris to the Steelers was a very popular pick. And I think, you know, that offense, you know, needs a, uh, a running back, you know, they were really at their best when they had a guy like Le'Veon Bell and, Najee Harris is very comparable to him. So I think Najee to the Steelers is a really good fit. But again, I mean, I can name all six guys. I think they're all going to good situations. Uh, Pastor Setan is going into a defense that has a lot of playmakers. He can be, you know, another one of those on the outside. A guy like Alex Leatherwood, the, the Raiders need offensive line help, and he can step in at right tackle and maybe solidify that and help open up running lanes for Josh Jacobs and Kenya Drake. So I, I think all of them, you know, went to good situations. And really, you could just say you know they avoided going to places like detroit and i think everybody's be happy.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was kind of our uh, mantra here on the show yesterday. Um ABD, anywhere but detroit. You know, that's what <laughs> our wish was, especially for those receivers. So, uh I'd say it worked out pretty well for everyone involved. Never too early, Charlie. We asked Chase Goodbread about this yesterday. If you had to pick a couple of guys, for the 2022 NFL draft from Alabama, as first rounders, who are those one or two guys that you'd have at the top of that list right now?
6: I would probably lean toward Evan Neal, just because you know he came in as that prototypical tackle size, and uh, you know who knows if you know the, you're going to have the debate of whether he should play guard or tackle. It seems like that's always the debate now with some of the top tackles in the country. But I think he's a guy, and you know, now having. Or now will be playing his third position in Alabama at left tackle. You know that versatility will help him, and he has again. He's just a, a monster human being. He's really slimmed down, and if he has a good season, he could easily be a top ten pick. Um, you know, I think you see the run on receivers. You know, if John Mechie is um, outstanding as Alabama's number one receiver. You know, he could be another guy that could, you know. Uh, tap into that number one uh, or first round uh, tradition for receivers from Tuscaloosa. And then defensively, you know, you you look at guys like maybe Josh Job at the cornerback spot, uh, Chris Allen at outside linebacker. If he has another solid season like he did last year, I think he'd be a name to watch. And Christian Harris on the inside. Um, You and I talked about it on our podcast about uh, inside linebacker kind of being an inconsistent spot. Well, if if Christian Harris continues on his trajectory and improves – This year, like he did last year, uh, he's a guy that could be a force in the NFL with the way the game is moving and the way the offenses are kind of catering more to the the college game. So those are just some of the guys off the top of my head. But I think Evan Neal kind of headlines that group, and it depends on how guys really kind of improve and develop this season in terms of what we could see happening next year's draft. Well, we know you've
2: got another busy day or two at least ahead of you. Charlie, so we'll let you get back to it. But as always, we appreciate the time here on Southern Fried Sports. I always look forward to combining on the Bama Online Podcast with Charlie. We do that once a week there on the website as well. And always great stuff from Charlie there at BOL. If you haven't already, give Charlie a follow on Twitter at Charlie underscore Potter, P-O-T-T-E-R. Have a good weekend, Charlie. All right, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter. Long time, long time beat reporter for us there at BOL. Always enjoy catching up with Charlie. Going to step aside for a break. How are these Alabama players in their picks by their respective new teams? How are they graded? We'll check in with Sporting News and its NFL Draft Grades when Southern Friday Sports returns on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Jacob from the uh, mother and child
4: reunion
2: to the receiver and quarterback reunion receiver and quarterback reunion Yeah, I just ruined that one didn't I oof cars running into ditches listening to that I'm sorry Paul I didn't mean to ruin that otherwise great, great song. But we do have some draft grades. Jacob Harrison loves those Friday, those Friday first round draft grades. Jacob Harrison just loves them. Do you denote the sarcasm in my voice there? Jacob, not a big fan of these Friday first round grades. But anyway, where Alabama players were concerned, according to Sporting News, the Miami Dolphins get an A for selecting Jalen Waddell, number six overall. The pick of Patrick Sertan II by Denver, the Sporting News issued a grade of B. Didn't really have a problem with the pick, did the Sporting News. But like a lot of folks, I think uh, Sporting News thought Denver might go quarterback, might even go up to get a quarterback. It didn't happen. The pick of Devontae Smith by the Philadelphia Eagles. The Sporting News gave a grade of A minus there. Obviously, the Eagles in real need of playmakers to help Jalen Hurts if, in fact, he is going to get the first crack at that quarterback vacancy up there in Philly. Uh, Mac Jones, number 15 overall to the New England Patriots. A little surprised here. The Sporting News gave that just a B pick, a, a B grade. I thought they'd go higher there. That worked out pretty well, I thought, for the uh, for the Patriots there in mid-first round to be able to pick up Mac Jones right there. The pick of Alex Leatherwood by the Las Vegas Raiders gets a C. Gets a C for Alex Leatherwood. Sporting News felt like there were other higher quality in their words offensive lineman out there but it was leatherwood there at 17 to the raiders you know we talked about this a little bit with jacob in the break you know in a year like you're coming off of where you probably don't have the data or as much background as you would like in terms of evaluating players that bama brand probably doesn't hurt probably doesn't hurt if the raiders had leatherwood right there with christian derisaw and tevin jenkins You're going to go with that Bama brand, baby. Probably didn't hurt Alex Leatherwood all that much, if in fact it did come down to that. And then your pick, your pick, Jacob Harrison of Najee Harris, by the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's an A. That's an A there for your Steelers, according to the sporting News.
3: Okay, I'm cool with the the Friday draft grades then.
2: Yeah, it's all right now. It's all right because Steelers... (laughs) Steelers get an A, so Jacob, he, he was ready to come through the microphone there for a second, but that settled him right down. Speaking of settling down, we'll see if Pops has any here in this last week. I'm going to guess probably not, but uh, we'll get Pops' thoughts on some of the events from the last 24 hours. Also, is Pops with this with this Tebow news that we told you about a couple months ago, but with it becoming more of a thing Has Pops already rushed out and bought his new Tim Tebow jersey? We'll ask Pops about that when Southern Fried Sports returns on a Friday. Presented by Peterborough Chocolatier right after this.
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine this afternoon, Tuscaloosa's high 79, clear tonight with a low at 53. Tomorrow is sunny Saturday to start the weekend, the high 81. Sunday, clouds move in, a good chance of showers and thunderstorms by afternoon, the high at 77. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa
1: Face, to fall behind,
4: take
1: my place to Run way past second base And just stand there the
2: Dreams that go on a Back summer night, in the night Southern Pride Scorch right here on Tide 100.9 FM It's that time on Friday where we check in with Pops who uh, completed another successful venture around a golf course this week. So two... Trips to the golf course in as many weeks. Bobs, that's got to be a record here for you of late, hasn't
7: it? It is. It is. I'm, pr- I'm so proud of myself, even though it was just nine holes a, a trip. <laughs> I'm just tickled to death to know I can play nine holes.
2: Yeah, that rotator you know? cuff repaired and hanging in there. Yeah. No real yeah. problems from that. Yeah. It was great. I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. Hey, Pops, uh, it became public what we had been hearing for quite some time in relation to Tim Tebow and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, what are your thoughts on it now that it's it's mainstream? Has well, mainstream. changed any? Uh, I,
7: you know, I'm all for it. Uh, everybody here in Jacksonville loves Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. And uh, more than willing to give him a shot, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So we're... We're excited, uh, along with Trevor Lawrence and, and EDN and Urban. Uh, mm-hmm. Things are, are skyrocketing here. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, I had a pretty big crowd down at the stadium for the draft yeah. for
7: the Jags. People fired up. Yeah. Your, uh, it, it, your
2: grandson, Evan,
7: purchased a season ticket last night. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for him. He's fired up, about man. I thought about Evan when I saw the kids on the on the sports page today. The four uh-huh. kids uh-huh. all celebrating the, the Jaguars, you know. Yeah, they all, they're now, all about his age, you know. If Tebow is
2: is on the team, will you get you a Tebow jersey, pops? You're kind of a non jersey no, no, no. guy, no, but would you break
7: I, that, that, that Tim Tebow? Happen. No, I, I I might get a, uh, a shirt with you know his number uh-huh. on the back or something like that, but I wouldn't get no jersey. Tivo t-shirt. Yeah. 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 I yeah, mean, we, pops
2: we, won't even, he won't even wear a Larry Bird jersey. No, you know? no, or, Larry what Bird about is, Hank Aaron pops? That. What if we got you a authentic Hank Aaron Braves jersey? Would
7: you wear we, that? A 44 know, uh, is, 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 my man now. Yeah. yeah.
2: But if we got you a nice Hank Aaron jersey, would you wear it?
7: <laughs> yeah. I love to watch a Braves play, you know, and all these grown men in the stands with, with jerseys <laughs> on—that they paid what seventy-five dollars right. for? I'm yeah, going, what they got in their the glove. World? They got their glove.
2: Got their ball glove. Two <laughs> pops at the park. Mm-hmm.
7: <laughs>
2: You're not a big take the take take your ball glove to the park as a grown man, guy. You know, either are you? I didn't
7: take my glove to the ballpark when I was a kid. I just, I,
2: I, I you'll take that line drive to the teeth like a man you yes. know, without a glove right yeah yeah yeah. that foul ball that comes rocketing yes. over there above the dugout you'll you'll just take your chances barehanded right pops yeah yeah,
7: yeah. <laughs>
2: so you like what the Jags did last night I mean obviously with Trevor Lawrence but I thought I thought ETN was a little bit of a surprise there, but that yeah, second first yeah. round pick, because you've already got a good young back in James well, Robinson, but you, maybe we, they think he can complement Robinson well. Well, you know, we
7: love Robinson just like we do Debo, and uh, uh, yeah, but ETN, we, we're, it, it shocked me. I didn't expect that at all. Here's but, what Herb. We, we can use a, a, a good running back, and he's a very good running back. Yeah.
2: Pops, I'm going to tell you, I said it earlier, Urban sees some Percy Harvin in yeah. Travis ATN yeah. is what I think. Pops I would be I
7: surprised. Think. Yeah, that's a good comparison. I yeah. mean, he's a nice running back. How do you not take him? And, and Robinson, you know, he, they, they, they want to give him the ball 30 times a game. Tra- mm-hmm. Henry. Derrick Henry is. Uh, you can do that. Too. Robinson's not quite as big, but mm-hmm. we—if he could get it twenty times a game, it'd be great. And E.T. and getting his his load, you know.
2: They need I, some explosiveness on offense. Oh yeah. Period.
7: Yeah. I, I'm. A, know? After I thought about it, I, I, the more and more I thought about it, I, I thought it was great. You know.
2: How about this, pops? Josh McDaniels was head coach of the Broncos when they selected Tim Tebow in the first round. Yeah, and now another Jacksonville quarterback, Mac Jones, yeah. goes to Josh McDaniels in New England.
7: Pops, can, how about I that? I can't. That was the pick of the night, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. because Cam Newton is not going to get it done. he would be an excellent backup quarterback that just break Cam in there. I mean, uh, Mac in there. And, uh, that that was a, a great pick for, for Mac. Jones. I mean, it's just a great pick.
2: Mac Jones will now have played for Corky Rogers, Nick Saban, and Bill Belichick pops. How about a, those That's three? a pretty
7: good, uh, you <laughs> can't get no better than that. Can you? You can't, it doesn't get any better than that. I'm serious. It, it, uh-huh. Uh, 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 well, you could. There's only one other coach that you could do any better than that was my Pop Warner coach down here. Dave, uh, Larry Pascal, Larry uh, Pascal, Corky uh, Rogers, and, and Saban. Saban, and Belichick. But yeah. I mean, but Mac Jones, he 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 thinks his head and what what he's thinking when he's approaching the line of scrimmage is like Peyton mm-hmm. Manning he Peyton mm-hmm. knows like uh, Joe Namath in the, in the uh, Super Bowl he waited till he got the On line and, yeah. read the defense and then just spit him out you know mm-hmm. and that's I what Matt got, in got in your going your day, for him I guess back uh, in your day you could have gone Virgil Dingman
4: Paul yeah. Bear Bryant <laughs>
2: and, uh, and Vince Lombardi maybe yep there you go
7: there you go there and you
2: go. Your your high school coach, yeah. And soon to be renamed, it sounds like Robert E. Lee High School. Virgil Dingman
7: is your <laughs> high school coach. <laughs> mm-hmm. They could do that. Mm-hmm. It'd be fine with me. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, Virgil Dingman. Maybe they rename Robert E. Lee Virgil Dingman High School, and you're okay with that renaming. I
7: don't me. have a yeah. problem with it at all. None whatsoever.
2: No. All right. All right. it's a bit of a point of contention down
7: there yes we got a lot of people not only just here but right. all over this country that wish it was the 1950s and 60s yeah. but um, unfortunately it's not you know
2: including some of your
7: white nationalist friends as you call them <laughs> I'm afraid so I'm afraid so <laughs> yeah.
2: alright pops well
7: have a good weekend
2: regardless and uh, we'll check okay. in with you
7: here real soon. We got to check that that draft out today too. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll man. What's what, Jags what,
2: go first in that second round? All right, pops.
7: We'll talk to y'all later. Ah. <laughs>
2: ah, that pops. You never know where it's going to go with pops on a Friday. Hey, uh, that's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to you for listening as well the Friday lunch whistle. That's going to be Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North, in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Great way to go into the weekend with a great lunch right now at Southern Ale House. Maybe get by there for happy hour. Get by there this weekend. Got some great brunch options for you as well at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m.
5: on Monday. Have a great weekend everybody. Sickle on a summer night in a falling long chair
1: Daddy's howling at the
0: moon, Daddy.